0: Bobby Hurley up the floor with Leitner. They throw it to the left of the floor. Leitner catches, comes down, dribbles, shoots, scores! to another 2.1 Seconds to Madness, your college basketball podcast. I'm Russell Hainline. Joined, as always, from the Firestarter crew, we've got K-Bad. How's it going, KB?
1: Going pretty good. How about you, sir?
0: It's March. I'm uh, ecstatic, KB. That's how I am. Um, well, I'm, I'm glad, sort
1: of... well, I'm glad you, you, you didn't say this is March because apparently <laughs> John Rothstein is... He would have sued uh, me into oblivion. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. Can you trademark a, a month? Uh, I mean, I know he, I know, like, I was wondering why, you know, his Twitter is nothing but the same 10 catchphrases over and over again. Sure. Maybe he's just been for years trying to build the case. <laughs> hmm. He, like, thought about it, like, five years ago and he was like, I'm going to do this for five years and then uh-huh. I'm going to trademark it and I'm going to uh-huh. be like, I've been doing it for five years now. Everyone knows it's my thing. Yeah. The
1: long play, huh? All
0: right. It's the long boy. Bull- That's right. Rothstein's got some some uh, some far sighted vision for himself here. Alright. W- w- maybe that can be our our march. We uh, our merchandise we can just have uh, oh wait a minute. Okay, I'm gonna say what I was gonna say and then I just had a brilliant idea. Part of our merchandise, we can just have merchandise that says it's March, which is okay. pretty clear. He <laughs> okay. can- can't do shit about that. It. It or or what if I just have a shirt that says this is merch? This is merch. Ooh, ooh, a little merch madness! I All like right. that.
1: Okay. Right. okay, okay, okay. Like you think, I like the way you think on this. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, this is merch. Yeah. Like, come after us, Rothstein. Bring your CBS money. We're ready. Yep. Um, yeah, it's the bracket breakdown. This is the episode. Uh, this is almost always our most downloaded episode every year. So if you are Somebody who does not listen during the year, but you're listening to this just to hear our choices for the bracket. Uh, Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please leave a review. Uh, We very much appreciate uh, everyone who listens, everyone who tells their friends. I had multiple messages from people saying, When are we dropping that episode? i got to fill out for the bracket pool. Uh, So I'm really, really excited for this. Uh, Before we get started with the game-by-game, I just wanted to ask, uh, K-Bad, if you have... Do you have a particular approach for filling out your pool? Do you just, like, just pick who, who I think is going to win, or do you try and go strategic at all? What, what's what's your approach to the pool?
1: The years I've had success doing it, when I say success, um, I would say twice when I worked at Gannett. Um, we had a company-wide um, bracket every year. And one year, if Arizona beats Duke and I think it was at 2001, I believe it was, um, I would have won the whole thing. And then later on, if Arizona, I think would have, I think it was, I believe it's Arizona or Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech, UConn, somebody like that, uh, they would have won. I'd have won the whole thing again. So finishing top three or, f- or top five is pretty damn good for how many people into this bracket. And um, back then, I would just do it just based on like what I've seen, who was the best team. But um, as of late, you know, it's been a lot of. Uh, it seems like there've been a lot of tournaments with, uh, you know, high majors going down in the first, second rounds. So it's one of those things where now you kind of have to play a little bit in regards to, like, what's a twelve seed I can see going to the Sweet Sixteen. Right. What's a 13 seed I can see potentially advancing? Yeah. So you truly be a little bit. Which one seed
0: is going down early. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: But this year, like last year, um, I'm just going to do it just based on how it feels to me at the moment because I'm not entering any pools this year. I'm not betting on any games. I just want to actually enjoy the tournament for once. So.
0: I love it. I'm gonna give um, my basic bit of advice, which has changed a little bit over the years, but especially this year, I'm gonna to try to hammer it home. Um, especially if you're in a bigger pool, uh, if you're like in an office pool or a family uh, pool that extends beyond, you know, your 10, 15, or whatever, um, I would really look at the numbers that uh, you know, gambling websites, odds maker websites in particular. Uh, put forward in terms of who the public is supporting to win it all uh who who are the teams that most people are betting on and usually espn even has a number of who who the the bracket pool at large for espn.com ends up picking to go all the way who the most common ones are then i would compare that to the percentages done by people like nate silver ken pomeroy uh, you know, some, some of those uh, predictive services, essentially, working through analytics, and then figure out which teams are maybe overvalued by the public and which teams are undervalued. And then what you can do is sort of pare down on the ones that you know everybody in your pool is going to have and then elevate yourself based on that. So I made I made a short list just to even start with of teams that are overvalued by the public, meaning that the predictive analytics, the people who are setting the odds in Vegas— believe that more people think these teams will win the title than the team actually has a chance right so like virginia and before even the deandre hunter virginia was the consensus favorite to win it all you know uh, it was an insane number of the espn brackets i want to say it was like 24 percent, some of that it was a it was a high number um So, again, uh, the predictive services said before the Hunter injury, like, 17%, something like that. So let everybody else chase Virginia. You chase somebody who's maybe undervalued. So the overvalued teams by the public, Virginia, Michigan State, Kansas, UNC, Michigan, uh, usually any team that's, like, that was really hot last week tends to be one that everybody puts going on a big run. So, like, look for everyone to put Michigan, everyone to put Providence, right? uh xavier kentucky and arizona those tend to be the ones that are a little overvalued by the public the teams that tend to be undervalued by the public according to these services villanova uh seems to be a little undervalued which surprised me i think now maybe that's going to change now that again deandre hunter is hurt uh duke is a little undervalued which exceedingly surprised me i guess those first round exits past couple of years have scared people, Cincinnati, Purdue, Gonzaga, Tennessee, West Virginia. So if you want to try and differentiate yourself from a large crowd, I would lean sort of harder on the undervalued teams, or if you don't want to go all the way with them, at least try to pick upsets of some of those overvalued teams. Just, again, to differentiate yourself from the pack. I think that that uh, would help a lot, especially in a bigger pool. The other thing that I just look at is, again, just matchups – defenses, you know, who plays what defense, who does well against what defense, shot volume, who takes the most shots in a game. The more shots you take, the more likely you are to win. So, again, and a lot of that just comes from, like you said, KB, just watching the games at that point, knowing how matchups shake out. But if you want to try and be strategic, then uh, consider that overvalue, undervalue thing. So I'm going to talk about that a little more as we get to, like, the final four of our brackets here. Uh, and also for the gamblers, because I know a couple people have asked me about gambling, I'm also going to include in mine just what I would pick against the spread. I'll just throw it in at the end, Uh, only for the first round, because that's the only thing we've got spreads for. So, gamblers, stay tuned. You'll hear some good first-round choices here. Um, Let's just dive right into it. Let's start with the South. Uh, Virginia versus uh, Maryland-Baltimore College, Uh, 16 over 1, KB?
1: As University of Maryland-Baltimore County.
0: County, shit. Yes. What's, what's, what's the college that's in Baltimore that's like University of Baltimore University College? There's like one where it like repeats it. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I know University of Baltimore. I don't know about another one like that, though.
0: Okay. I, I, there used to be an ad on, on the radio, and I think it was for a Baltimore, or at least it was for a Maryland school, where it had university in the name and it had college in the name.
1: Oh, you talking about University of Maryland, University College.
0: Yes, University of Maryland, University, University College, College. That's right. Yes. So yeah, so I was I was mixing those up in my head. My bad. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Jarris Lyles, you think he can pull it off? No. <laughs> Neither do I, and I'm going to take Virginia to cover. Uh, the spread was at minus 22.5. Creighton, Kansas State. This should what be a good here?
1: game. Should be a good game. Um, I like Marcus Foster to at least uh lead Creighton past. Uh, is this now the first round, or is, this, is it the uh, still the second round?
0: So they've changed it back. This is now the first round. I think they made that change officially last year. So this is okay. now the first round. Okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll get Which is how it should be.
1: It's yeah. how it should be, exactly. He'll get it back in yeah. the first round. I got Creighton.
0: Yeah, I've got Creighton, too. A little Marcus Foster revenge game against Kansas State and Bruce yep. Weber. And then uh, I'm a little unsure about Dean Wade's health still. So Creighton, uh, minus a point and a half. Kentucky Davidson.
1: You don't know how tempted I am to pick Davidson in this game. Um, I'm trying to make amends. I'm trying to be better. I'm trying to be a better fuck, person. Fuck I'm him. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying. No,
0: no. Do what you think is best. Do what you think is best for your bracket. Right, I'm don't do it. I think okay. integrity comes from within. It is. If we're letting right. if we're letting somebody's integrity rankings influence sure. our own personal sure. assessment of integrity, then yeah. we've tossed it out the window.
1: Okay. All right, so no payola um in podcasting. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: I mean, I haven't gotten any checks yet. If he wants to start a payola, I'd consider changing my integrity, but
1: You are you know, yeah. true. Until then. Uh, all right. Um I want to, but I'm not. I'm going to pick Kentucky.
0: I'm going to make the argument. Let's toss my integrity in the toilet because Mm -hmm. any honest Kentucky fan is going to tell you that this matchup should scare them, or any smart Kentucky fan should be scared by this matchup. I'm definitely taking Davidson in the points. The spread was at plus six when I saw it last. That's a no-brainer spread for me. Um, I mean, just the fact that it's only a six-point spread tells you how good Davidson is and how – they shouldn't be a twelve. I mean, they're they're probably more like a nine or a ten in quality. Uh, really bad draw for Kentucky. I love when Calipari goes on TV and and yells about how the NCAA is trying to uh, screw him every mm-hmm. March. It's my favorite part of Selection Sunday. But this year he he has a pretty good point. Davidson is an awful first round draw. Arizona's a terrible second-round draw. UVA's an awful third-round draw. So Cal, Cal was making his Jim Carrey on in living color faces on TV this weekend, but mm-hmm. I, I, I thought he had a good, I thought he had a good point. Davidson is going to play zone. They're going to force Kentucky to shoot the three. Kentucky's not a great zone team. Uh, also, you know Davidson shoots the three brilliantly, and in the past, teams that have done well against Kentucky are able to keep up with just the sheer. Points that they can put up on the board, Davidson can definitely do that. The other thing is when you're picking like a 12 seed or something like that, you're looking for, uh, you know, a future uh, NBA prospect potentially to be on the roster, right? Um, I mean, certainly that's the sort of thing that you want to find. Uh, I think Kellen Grady, even though he's a freshman, definitely has future NBA player on him. I, I I love the kid's game. I love the confidence. He's definitely somebody who will match up well. I think their their backcourt matches up well against Kentucky's backcourt. Ultimately, Kentucky's going to be way more athletic. I think it's going to be real close. But again, I think Kentucky's probably a little overvalued by the public. Everyone I know is going to put Kentucky through. So I'm going to pick Davidson to try to differentiate myself from the pack. <laughs> Davidson in the first round. Arizona Buffalo.
1: Man, I'm really going to. Uh, and I said this on Twitter the other day. I'm really going to advance Arizona further in this bracket than I honestly should. Um, watching that game against USC, they they flexed on USC, and uh,
0: but USC's also bad. They are. It they be are noted. bad. As you
1: know that they are bad, and that's the thing about it. Like you, you're trying to figure out. It's like what you're watching, and DeAndre right. Aiden has been dominant all season. But is he starting to look almost unstoppable? Um, right, and you know, you just look at all the other complimentary pieces that they have around him. I mean, they are a very talented basketball team. We all know that. But, like you said, is it really a true test to see what they did against USC? Because, like you said, USC is bad. Um, and, this and the isn't fact a, that their
0: defense has not been very good in the yeah. Pac-12 either. And, again, yeah. the Pac-12 is not very good as a whole. So, what as does that whole. say?
1: Exactly. And um, this isn't going to be an easy game against Buffalo either. But um, they should... They should get past the first round. They should be Buffalo, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, once again, I think Arizona's going to be probably a little overvalued for exactly the reason you said. Aiton's looking really unstoppable. And certainly in this matchup, uh, Buffalo tends to play undersized generally, so they're not really going to have anybody for Aiton. I think they're going to be trying to throw – you know, bodies that are strong and athletic, but ultimately bodies that are like 6'9 against him, which, you know, that's that's not going to really get the job done. But Buffalo is very athletic. You could make the argument that out of all the mid-majors, Buffalo is the most athletic in the tournament field. Uh, Buffalo's got at least three guards that can handle the ball and dribble drive. And Arizona, defensively, the thing they have had the most trouble with all season long is the dribble drive. You know they looked like Duke's man-to-man defense, right? That's that's what Arizona does. Arizona basically just lets people go into the paint, can eight and block it. If he can't, it's a layup, like pretty much. So I, I definitely like Buffalo in the points spread. When I looked at it, it, was eight and a half. I definitely like that. Uh, and again, because I think Arizona is a little overvalued by the public, I'm gonna pick Buffalo. I'm gonna take a nice. Uh, I like to take one second round game where it's two upset teams, and again, I I, I like the fact that everybody's gonna have Kentucky Arizona here. I, everyone's looking forward to that game. I would be looking forward to that game. Everyone would be looking forward to Virginia Arizona. They're trying to create fantasy matchups, so I'm where they're all zigging. I'm gonna zag. Tennessee, right state. Tennessee. Yeah, uh, I like Wright State. I like their coach. Uh, but Tennessee is really versatile and athletic. Uh, I don't think Wright State's got enough in the tank for that. I'm going to take Tennessee and the point spread was minus 13 when I saw it. Miami versus Loyola Chicago.
1: I want to take Loyola Chicago, but I'm going to take Miami. But that that's easy. one of those games. I could look at the 6-11 and say Loyal Chicago should win that game. But, for
0: sure. And, yeah, yeah and I'm going to do it. And, and, again, normally I like to fade the public a little bit, and I know this is a very popular uh, pick for people, uh, but it's a popular pick for a reason. It's a 6-11 game where, honestly, by tip-off, Loyal Chicago might be favored in this game. It might be a pick I mean, I, I think the spread opened at about two and a half points. I think it was down to one point last time I checked. Uh, clearly, everyone thinks Loyola Chicago is going to take this game. Uh, they got a point guard in Clayton Custer who who had committed to Iowa State before transferring because Monte Morris was there. So they've got major conference talent on the team. Uh, they obviously are capable of beating high major teams. They beat Florida earlier this year. Uh, so I mean, I think Florida's better than Miami. So I mean, if I if I think that Loyola Chicago can replicate that, which I do. Uh, and especially because Miami, outside of that UNC game where they obviously played every, they did everything right, I sort of thought they limped to the finish line a little bit outside of that game. I didn't love what I saw from them down the stretch. Uh, so I'm definitely taking Loyola Chicago in the points here.
1: Nevada versus Texas. Mo ready to go, so I'm ready to pick Texas.
0: Yeah, Nevada's too small. Jordan Caroline, one of my favorite players in college basketball this year, uh, but. They lost their point guard to injury. I think they only play about six guys right now, and Texas just is too talented and too tall. Uh, I'm going to take Texas uh, in, in a pick 'em game. Cincinnati, Georgia State.
1: Cincy.
0: Yeah, this is one where I think people are going to be really tempted to go uh, Georgia State in general. Um, and I sort of understand Cincinnati struggles in the zone. Uh, Ron Hunter is gonna use a little one three one matchup zone, make Cincinnati shoot. Uh, I think that'll keep things interesting. I'm gonna take Georgia State in the points if I'm gambling. It was plus 15 when I saw uh, but they're so rela- they're so reliable on one offensive player uh, to put up a large number of points. Cincinnati's really good at neutralizing your best weapon. I, I just don't think they're gonna be able to score a lot of points. Uh, Also, if I'm gambling, I would take the under here, regardless of what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up, like, 55-50, to that sort of thing. Uh, And I'm definitely going to take Cincinnati here. Uh, Let's see. Let's go to the second round here. Uh, Virginia versus, I think we both have Creighton. Who do you have here?
1: Uh, I'm going to go Creighton. Okay,
0: a little upset special here. Why Creighton?
1: Um, DeAndre Hunter being out for the tournament really lowered Virginia in my eyes. I wasn't rated really that high on them to begin with. And um, I mean, I just, don't get me wrong. I understand why they never see their very good basketball team. But as far as like going all the way, I didn't see that. Um, DeAndre Hunter being out again is a big blow for them. Um, at some point, you're going to have to score. And I know they're great at imparting their, um, their pace on other teams. Tremendously well coached. I get why they're good. But, um, I don't know. Like teams that just slow it down these days just kind of give me a little bit of pause. And Creighton can speed you up a little bit. They can also play at your pace. They're a very good shooting team. And again, they have a guard, Marcus Foster, that could take over a game. I think they have guys that can outdo Virginia's guys if it came down to that. So,
0: yeah, uh, I, I really <laughs> like how, uh, Jacob Epperson was playing sort of in the last couple of games I saw them play uh, inside. You know, it was sort of my biggest concern about them. Creighton obviously really good on the uh, outside defensively and offensively. Had some questions about their interior play. Sort of liked what I saw from him in some minutes. Uh, they definitely fit the upset profile. They make a lot of threes. That's how you're going to beat Virginia. Um, I'm a little concerned about the fact that Creighton not a great rebounding team. They turn the ball over a little bit. Virginia is definitely the type of team that can exploit you if you can't take more shots than they do. The, their efficiency is predicated on them getting more shots than you. Um, I think ultimately I'd probably have to stick with Virginia here. Uh, but this is definitely one where I'd be very, very tempted to pick Creighton. I'd, I'd absolutely take them in the points, uh, whatever the spread is, honestly. Um, and, yeah, especially with Hunter out, like like you said, that, that makes me reconsider everything with Virginia. The, he's their best pro prospect by a mile. So, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go Virginia here. Uh, you've got Kentucky-Arizona in a big game.
1: I have no idea what's going to happen in this game. Um, I, I'm going to go with Arizona again. I'm going to advance them maybe further than what I should. Um, but again, just watching a couple of the games at the end of the season uh, where they played well, I was really impressed when they were playing well. So and that kind of left an impression. And they have an all-world talent. They had the type of player that can you know put a team on his back and single-handedly like win them some games in this tournament. So I'm going with Arizona.
0: Yeah, especially Kentucky's struggled with defense on the interior. Uh, Obviously, they've got the bodies that that they can throw at Aiton and just foul him a bunch, but, you know, none of them have really shown themselves as being uh, incredibly reliable at defending the post, and, you know, that also hurts when you've got, like, Alonzo Trier, somebody who's really good at getting inside to the rim. Um, You know, I I don't have that game, but I, I would pick the same way as you probably uh, Kentucky's looked great recently, but so is Arizona. I that's that I, I understand your hesitation. I've got Davidson Buffalo <laughs> in my mm-hmm. game. Um, you know, Buffalo defensively could probably run Davidson off the three point line potentially, but I think the two best players on the court are gonna be Kellen Grady, Peyton Aldridge, uh of Davidson. Really love what I've seen from them. Uh I'm gonna go with Davidson to advance to the sweet sixteen, keep their keep their streak alive. Uh, you have got Miami, Tennessee.
1: I'm going to go with Tennessee.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got Loyola, Chicago, Tennessee. I'm going to go Tennessee as well. You know, we've talked a bunch on this podcast about how balanced they are, both sides. A lot of the things you look for, they don't turn it over a ton. They offensive rebound well. They pass the ball well. Uh, a lot of people can handle the ball, very versatile. Um Again, if you're somebody who wants to advance upset teams, you want to try to differentiate yourself, advancing Loyola Chicago here would be a a decent strategic move. I think they're really good, Um, but I'm going to put Tennessee in my bracket. Uh, And then we both have Texas-Cincinnati. Who do you have here?
1: Texas isn't Sweet 16 good. Um, Cincinnati's another one of those teams that wants to slow the game down, grind it down a little bit, but they're better than Texas, so I'm going to go with Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, I also – I'm just not convinced Texas is built for bully ball like that. Yeah. You know, like Bamba is tall and he's really good, but he's definitely had trouble against more physical play. He's, he's right now a bit more of a finesse player. Um, and so I definitely think that the bigs, albeit the shorter bigs of Cincinnati, I think they can push him around a little bit. And, and I've just liked what I've seen defensively from the guards and the wings of Cincinnati. Matt Coleman is young. You know, uh, he's played very well under pressure in the Big 12, but I don't know whether he's seen a team defensively that's as stout consistently as Cincinnati is. I like Cincinnati as well. Uh, you've got Virginia, Arizona. Uh, no, you've got Creighton, Arizona in the Sweet 16. Who are you going to take here?
1: Good Lord, I can't believe that. That's one of the things when you pick Creighton to <laughs> beat the number one seed, you start looking at Creighton or fucking Arizona. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think DeAndre Aiden would have a, a field day in that game. I will go Arizona. For sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think if it comes down to that, then Arizona's that's that's a sweet draw if you're a Wildcat fan. Um, I've got Virginia Davidson. Um, here's where I start thinking strategically as well, right, because if, if I don't want Virginia in the Final Four because I know that everyone in my bracket pool has Virginia in the Final Four, which, again, may change with Hunter being out – then you have to think about who you realistically would put otherwise. I wanted to fade Kentucky. I wanted to fade Arizona. I think Cincinnati's a little undervalued. Cincinnati is fourth in Ken Palm overall. You know, that's that means they're talented enough to be a one seed, so they're probably a little sneaky better than, you know, maybe people expect them to be, especially because they don't score a lot of points. They don't have a lot of obvious uh, pros on the team that are going to be, like, lottery pick first-round guys. Um... So if I start thinking, I'm going to advance Cincinnati to the Final Four no matter what, and you're trying to differentiate yourself, then again, maybe knock out Virginia in that Sweet 16 if you didn't want to make the Creighton call. You know, just, again, try to differentiate yourself wherever you can. Uh, Davidson (laughs) over Virginia would be a hell of an event. I'd love to see it. Again, Davidson can really shoot the three. Um, Again, a great matchup against Virginia. uh, But... Again, if I gunned ahead, I would pick Virginia to win the game personally. Uh, but again, with Creighton, with Davidson, play it play it a little strategically as it pertains to Virginia, in my opinion. Uh, Tennessee, Cincinnati, we both have that matchup. Who do you have there?
1: Uh, man, that'd be a hell of a game. Uh, I actually would go Tennessee. I think they have uh, enough weapons. I like their style of play. Um, I I didn't peg Cincinnati as a potential final four team so some someone has got to end so I think they could, Tennessee could beat them
0: Tennessee definitely could beat them uh I like the Gary Clark versus Grant Williams matchup I think that would definitely be a, a lot of fun to watch um I, I think Cincinnati's offense has been improving I think Kane Broom has been playing a lot better uh and you know i I don't know. I, I like Cincinnati here. I like the value of Cincinnati, um, especially if they let them play. If they, if they let them play in any game where Cincinnati is, is playing, then Cincinnati is going to have a big advantage. So they're just going to be physical and mean, and uh, I like their odds here. Uh, so then you've got Arizona-Tennessee uh, in your Elite Eight. Uh, who are you ready to take there?
1: Not gonna happen this year, but Sean Miller, Tennessee. <laughs>
0: okay, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with I've got Virginia versus Cincinnati, which you want to talk about a game where you want to take the under, <laughs> Virginia yeah, Cincinnati, really. is gonna be a game where they they may not top ninety points the two of them combined. You know, yeah. it would be, it would be a lot of fun. Um. So I, I, again, I think the smart play is Cincinnati. I think Virginia is better with DeAndre Hunter without him. You know, Cincinnati's got at least three guys that are like six, seven, and up that play a lot of minutes. Um, I, I don't know if they can get away with playing Guy, Jerome, and Hall all at the same time with just how physical and how, how strong Cincinnati is. Um, I'd say a big differentiator is Virginia is a, a better free-throw shooting team. And Cincinnati's going to foul a lot. So in a close game, again, I, 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 the smart play Cincinnati. I feel compelled to go Virginia, even without Hunter. Um, but to be smart, I'm going to go ahead and go Cincinnati in the bracket pools that I'm going to enter. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and say Cincinnati here, which changes slightly my bracket. I'm convincing myself as I go here. Um Great, let's go to the West. West, we've got Xavier versus we don't know yet. Uh, Presumably, uh, I think North Carolina Central will beat Texas Southern. Xavier versus either team, presumably you're going Xavier. Yep. Yeah, I'd go Xavier. Um, North Carolina Central plays really up-tempo, so if you're looking for a game in which maybe a 16 can cover against a 1, if you're a gambler, then maybe NC Central. If it's Texas Southern – Then I'd go Xavier in the points. FSU versus Missouri.
1: This is going to be a really ugly game. I don't like either one of these teams. Um, (laughs)
0: Neither do I.
1: (laughs) Man. Ugh. I guess I'll go Florida State, but I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm scared by two things. I'm, I'm I guess you could say three, although two of them are connected. Jordan Barnett being suspended with a DUI, and so Michael Porter is going to presumably be immediately asked to play a lot of minutes. I watched the game in the SEC tournament. He did make a big shot down by the end. But he was very limited in the game. He was clearly getting back into game shape. And so if they're asking him to do 30, 35 minutes, which I think they'd probably have to do, then that's a really tall order. And the second thing is, out of 75 mid-major, or 75 high-major teams, uh, in terms of shot volume, who just takes more shots than their opponents, Missouri ranks 74th. They just don't get those offensive rebounds, and they turn the ball over a lot. So uh, even though I don't love FSU, I'm going to take FSU plus the point and a half here. Uh, Ohio State versus South Dakota State, KB.
1: This is one of those matchups of 12-5 where I don't like the five-seed Ohio State. Um, South Dakota State can definitely win this game. Um, but I, I'm going to give a little bit more credit to the house they maybe they deserve and say they'll advance this round. But this is definitely one of those 12-5 matchups where if I'm looking for those strategic upsets, this is definitely one I would to, I would check out.
0: Yeah, uh, it definitely is a popular one um, on betting lines without question. Um, I'm going to fade the public here. Everybody loves Mike Dom. A lot of people are going to pick them. Um, I I don't know that South Dakota State has answers for Tate and Bates-Jopp. I just don't think they've got the wings. They've got the one player who can do a lot, uh, but I'm just not convinced they have enough past that. So I'm going to go Ohio State here. Uh, Gonzaga versus UNC Greensboro. Zags. Yeah, UNC Greensboro presses. Maybe if Josh Perkins has one of his bad games, it can make it interesting. But uh, Killian Tilly can match up with James Dickey. I like Gonzaga plus the 12.5. Uh, Michigan, Montana. No, wait. I missed one. Oh, no, I didn't. See, Houston, San Diego State. I just skipped
1: a game. Right. Um. I know Houston has to be kind of kicking themselves for – um, dropping the AAC uh, title game like that. Um, they could potentially maybe been as high as as a four seed. I don't know if they win that game. Um, but finish the season strong. I think this is a team that people kind of sleep on, on a little bit. I I try to like San Diego State. They have some pieces on that team. But just as a whole, I'm not really feeling them as a team. I, I'm, people are looking at them as possibly being uh, a little undeceated, a team that could potentially be asleep. But I just personally don't see it. Um, I'm going to go with Houston. I think they kind of have something to prove.
0: Yeah, and I think that Houston, uh, they defend the interior really well. They hold opposing teams to under 44% from two, which is great. Uh, And, you know, they've got easily the best player on their team, in my opinion, with Rob Gray. I think if they make San Diego State shoot the ball, uh, then they're going to be in really good shape. I I can't see Trey Kell doing that uh, over and over again. I know they shot really well in their last game. So, again – I'm going away from the public here. I'm taking Houston minus four. Uh, Michigan and Montana. That's
1: a strong 14 seed. um, Upset alert, but I'm going to go with Michigan.
0: Yeah, I I agree. It's by far the strongest 14. Um, If they had gotten any other three seed, I'd really entertain it. Um, But, again, they're pretty reliant on one guy, and Xavier Simpson has shown that he's pretty good one-on-one. Uh, at, at being a ball stopper. So if you're relying on one guy and you drew the team with the best guard ball stopper out of all the three seeds, then that's just bad luck for Montana. I'm going to go with Michigan here, minus 11.5. Texas A&M Providence.
1: Man, Um, I'm trying to fight my, my Big East bias here. Um, Seeing how <laughs> Providence played in the Big East tournament, it's going to definitely affect how I pick this game. Uh, just you know, considering everything that A. Cooley's done at Providence, I think he's definitely overachieved. But just and Marcy just haven't gotten it done. Um, and this isn't a particularly strong team. Again, I think they overachieved this year, um, but I think they got one NCAA win in them. I think they'll beat Texas A&M.
0: Yeah, this is another instance where I'm going to play it strategically. I'm going to fade the public. The public loves Providence, obviously, um, because they've just played two incredible games back to back that everybody watched, everybody loved. Uh, Kyron Cartwright is just a man among boys out there. Played his his heart out last weekend. Um, you know, but again, it's going to be a little bit of recency bias with people, especially in your pool, that they're going to pick Providence. A&M has been better on both sides of the ball over the course of the season. They've been very inconsistent, which can be problematic. Uh, obviously, Cartwright versus TJ Starks, you know, uh, might raise an eyebrow, but they are incredibly tough at defending the rim. Uh, I think if you make Providence into a three-point shooting team, uh, then you give your team a much better chance to win. I think a can do exactly that. I like A&M minus three and a and 35 uh, and then UNC Lipscomb.
1: I'm going to go to in North Carolina. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, God, I wanted that. Um, yeah, it, there's one good thing here if you're somebody who wants to see UNC lose. Lipscomb is a lot like Belmont, and I think Belmont is definitely the type of team that in the past, like when UNC has faced mid-majors like Lipscomb, they have struggled. UNC out of All of the, especially the higher seeds, has by far the worst numbers defending the three-point line. And Lipscomb is going to try and shoot it fast and shoot it often. So if they're stroking, it's not impossible that it could happen. But UNC just outclasses them in pretty much every other way. Um, UNC's threes just would have to be not falling. Um, You know, Theo Pinson would have to be taking a lot of jump shots. You know, like, there's just a lot of things that have to go against them for Lipscomb to win. So I like Lipscomb plus the 19 points if you're gambling, um, but I think UNC comes out with the victory here. So let's see. For your second round, uh, you got Xavier FSU. Xavier. (laughs) Yeah, I just – I don't like FSU nearly enough. And plus it's Chris Mack. He gets to the Sweet 16. It's sort of what he does. Uh, Ohio State, Zags. Did you pick Ohio State ultimately?
1: Ohio State, yeah,
0: yeah. So, who do you pick in this game?
1: Uh, was that Ohio State and Gonzaga? The Zags. Gonzaga, yeah, yeah, Gonzaga.
0: Yeah, uh, Ohio State scores most of its points inside, and and that's just not going to happen against the the big men of Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga. Houston versus Michigan.
1: Very tempted to pick Houston in this game again. I think they have a chip on their shoulder, um, but Michigan is playing awfully well right now. I know it's one of those things that. You know, you get caught up on teams that are playing just good at the end of the season. But um, Mm -hmm. Michigan's playing very well on both ends of the floor. And defensively, they're playing stifling defense. Um, I think that's Sweet 16 good. I'm going with Michigan.
0: I think Michigan is Sweet 16 good as well. But I think this is a matchup that Houston can definitely win. Uh, Houston is better at rebounding. They're a better three-point shooting team. Uh, Michigan is a really terrible free throw shooting team, which if this game gets close, Houston makes something like 10% more of the free throws than Michigan does. Uh, I really like Houston's chances here. And again, since the public is very high on Michigan, I know a lot of people taking Michigan to the Final Four. I'm going to knock them out early for exactly that reason. Give me Houston in my pool. Uh, And then Texas A&M UNC is what I have. You have Providence UNC.
1: I don't know why it seems like Providence plays North Carolina in the tournament every year for some reason. but um, (laughs) It does seem like that. Yeah. um, Yeah. I'm sure they're, you know, feeling pretty good about their draw. Um, I definitely know why. Uh, Yeah. It came down to UNC Providence. I would want to see Providence win that game for a lot of reasons, but UNC would all seem prevail.
0: Yeah. So Texas A&M, UNC is what I've got. Um, You know, I – People are going to—UNC uh, fans are going to slam some sandwiches here. Look, UNC fans, I think, want Providence. If, if I'm a UNC fan, forget the fact that Providence has been hot lately. Uh, you know, I, I like Providence's matchup with UNC a lot more than Texas A&M. UNC has been shooting the three pretty well, it's true. Uh, Texas A&M defends the three-point line really well— They extend because they know they've got guys inside that can hold down the fort on their own. I think DJ Hogue is good enough to hang with Theo Pinson. Uh, I think that Tyler Davis and Robert Williams can clean up the glass and protect the defensive boards uh, a lot better than most teams that UNC plays against. UNC wins games by shot volume. They don't turn the ball over, and they get a ton of offensive rebounds. That's how they win games. And I think Texas A&M can limit both of those things a lot more than Providence can. So if A&M advances, I know A&M's been very inconsistent throughout the year. But again, I think the, value, the, the public overvalues UNC. Uh, I can definitely see them dropping early. And so I'm going to do it here. I'm going to take Texas A&M. Uh, so you have Xavier versus the Zags, KB. Xavier. Uh, I'm going to go Gonzaga here. Uh, I don't think Xavier has an answer for Gonzaga's size. Uh, Najee Marshall has played really well. um, But, I mean, Gonzaga's got three guys that are 6'10 and up who are really good, really talented, can stretch the floor. We've already talked about this season how Xavier's defense is very vulnerable uh, compared to what most one seeds have. I think their defense is around 75th in the country. Uh, which usually you don't see many one seeds that are below top 50. Uh, I think that, you know, Josh Perkins is definitely sort of the question mark here. He's up and down for Gonzaga, but so is Quentin Gooden for Xavier. He's been playing well recently, but I think the two of them match up. Perkins can get after him defensively a little bit. When you put on top of that the fact that Gonzaga will probably be the Vegas favorite, uh, I'm going to take Gonzaga here. And then you've got uh, Michigan-UNC.
1: That's a tough one. USC uh, lost how many games this year? They lost 10 games this year, if I'm not mistaken. 10 games. That's a lot for a two-seed.
0: That is a lot uh, for a two-seed. They were consi- yeah. they were considering them for a one-seed, if you recall yeah. correctly.
1: Yeah. Um. Again, Michigan's playing really well um, right now. Um, I, I wasn't that high on them at, in the middle of the season. Like, this is kind of weird how... The season right. ends. So teams like West Virginia, who you're really high on like in January, now you're maybe not as high on. Now you're a little bit maybe possibly high on Michigan just because of how they're playing right now and how Michigan is playing right now. I think they beat North Carolina.
0: I definitely think that if Michigan plays UNC, Xavier Simpson versus Joel Berry, uh, I think is a great matchup. uh Mo Wagner versus Luke May, again, great matchup there. Uh, again, I think both of those matchups, more or less from a defensive perspective, favor Michigan. I'd be worried about Michigan's free throw shooting, and I'd be worried about their rebounding against UNC. Uh, but it'd be a great matchup. I've got Houston versus Texas A&M. Uh, looking at the numbers, Houston has the third best chance of all teams seeded five or under to make the Final Four, uh, and that honestly matches the eye test to me as well. Truth be told. I, I think winning the Battle of the rebounds will be tough. Um, but ultimately, I just I trust Kelvin Sampson over Billy Kennedy. I, I don't think people remember because his past is is uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? His past overshadows the fact that when he's on the court, Kelvin Sampson is an incredibly good coach and he is uh, he's one of the coaches you can probably trust in game. More than more than a lot of other guys. Combine that with the fact that I just like Houston's backcourt a lot more than Texas A&M's backcourt. Uh, I think that Texas A&M is going to want to try and hit some twos. Houston really good at defending the twos, despite the fact they're a little undersized. I- I'm going to go Houston here. And frankly, if I had Houston versus U.S. UNC in this game, I think that Houston is perfectly equipped to play against UNC's small ball to battle for the boards with guards to defend, to not turn the ball over. I would take Houston in that game as well. I feel pretty good about Houston's chances at making the Elite Eight. And so then you've got Xavier versus Michigan.
1: Definitely not something I would have anticipated before we started this. Um, (laughs) You allude a lot to Xavier's issues defensively, and that's actually the one thing that would probably give me the most pause about them as well. But at the same time, there's one thing with Chris Max teams that, number one, they're going to try their ass off. So it's never going to be a thing where you're going to outwork them. And a lot of times, when you have games that are going to be this close, especially because a team like Michigan, a lot of times it's just who wants it more. And I also know at some point, Xavier's going to have to break, break through and they're finally going to have to put themselves on a national stage. And that's the biggest way you do it is by making the Final Four. That's the ultimate stage for college basketball. And there's a couple times I watched him this season where I felt again, you like, I just don't see it with this team, but they find ways to win games. And when you have somebody like Trayvon Blue again, a guy who could take over a game, a guy who could single handedly bury somebody. I think this is his time. And that's why, again, I, I didn't really think I was going to have him advance to the final four, but regardless of the opponent, I think this year, the Xavier finally breaks the remix to the final four.
0: I like it. I, uh... Yeah, somebody asked before uh, the tournament field was even laid out who, like, is the one player you wouldn't want to face, and I I immediately said Trayvon Blewett. He's, he's just the one guy that seems to make the annoyingly good play if you're playing against him routinely. Loves the big moment. Uh, so, yeah, I could totally see that happening. I've got uh, Gonzaga Houston. I... Uh, I think the ride stops here for Houston. Uh, Gonzaga's bigs are just too big. They're too versatile. Um, I also just think Gonzaga's experience is going to play a really big role. Uh, Obviously, they left some stuff uh, on the table last year uh, as it pertains to, you know, what they thought they could accomplish uh, versus what they did. It took, you know, the worst game in Shemek-Karnowski's history, you know, for them to really put themselves behind and lose that championship game. Um, and Gonzaga is going to make their free throws. I think that the best way to beat Houston is make your free throws. They're like West Virginia where they're going to foul a lot. And so, again, that's why I sort of love their draw. Who could Houston play? Texas A&M, not going to make their free throws. Michigan, not going to make their free throws. San Diego State, not going to make their free throws. Gonzaga is going to make their free throws. So I like the Zags to go back to the final four this year. Uh, They're my favorite out of that bracket. All right, so let's go to the east uh right in the east next, mm-hmm. yeah, east is next Villanova Radford, Radford won today, uh presumably you've got Villanova, yes, I do uh, I like Radford to cover potentially. I haven't seen the spread yet, but they slow teams down pretty effectively uh they'll at least prevent Villanova, I think from kicking the doors way open on it. It's gonna be a pretty gaudy spread, regardless um. But, I mean, if it's a spread under, say, 22, 23, I'd probably take Radford in the points. Uh, But I I easily see Villanova winning this game. One of the more interesting games of the year, Virginia Tech, Alabama.
1: Yeah, this is definitely one of those games you want to make sure um, you're in front of a TV with a nice cold beverage uh, when it tips. This is going to be very entertaining. Um, Looking forward to Justin Robinson versus Colin Sexton. I think that's going to be one hell of a matchup. Again, I like the way Alabama is playing. They're playing with a swagger, and they're playing with the biggest asshole in college basketball, leading the team. Um, and when you have a good asshole in March, and not just a good <laughs> asshole, but a <laughs> exceptional asshole, an asshole can take you a long way. And hey. um, on the asshole meter, Constructs is a 10 out of a 10. Um, so, uh it, it, man, it's incredibly tempting to me just to go ahead and advance it to the Final Four just based on that factor alone. <laughs> um, and just for the shit entertainment value of having uh, everybody have to deal Like Watch him going against Villanova mm-hmm. and um, Jalen Brunson. Come on, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't get better than that. I want to see it happen, but I don't think it is. I think Virginia Tech has this little bit too much for him offensively. I want to advance Virginia Tech.
0: That's a new T-shirt, by the way. Exceptional asshole. we got to make that T-shirt. Yeah, That's a good sure. one. Uh, I think Virginia Tech's two relying on threes. Alabama, one of the best teams in the country in defending the three-point line. Um, so, you know, if you take away Virginia Tech's threes, make them a team that has to win on the inside, I, I'm just not convinced they can do that. I don't really know what Dante Hall's status is after uh, his concussion. I think he's going to be ready to play. Um, in which case, I like Bama uh, and the points. I think uh, the spread is two right now. So I like uh, Bama plus two. Uh, let's see. We've got West Virginia, Murray State up next.
1: I, this is one of those 12-5 games that I really want to advance Murray State. I've been high on West Virginia all season. Maybe I honestly shouldn't be as high on them as I am. Um, I think I saw a stat, um, I think it was yesterday, that uh, they're 9-9 in their last 18 games. Um. So yeah, at one point in January, I was looking at the team as a potential Final Four team, and now I'm looking at them like, did they peak too early? I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but just a the fact that I still like the piece that they had instead they of Bob Huggins. I'm going to advance them past the first round, but I'm not nearly as high on them now as maybe I was a month ago.
0: I'm still really high on West Virginia. Um, I, a, a lot of those games. L- when they lose a bunch of close games that just tells me that they're due for the scale to tip the other way that they lost you know a couple of those games yeah in heartbreaking fashion that's true and and maybe that is indicative of something you know um but i i just choose to see it as you know the game is a is a game where the ball bounces one way you win bounces the other way you lose and i saw a couple of those west virginia losses and they were really like, if the rebound extends three inches further than one guy gets it versus the other guy, like, so close. So I'm not going to let the somewhat recent slump uh, get me down too much on West Virginia. They are brilliant on the offensive boards. Their defense is second to none, and they've got a senior point guard who I trust to get it done. They've got an interior defender who I think is one of the best interior defenders in the nation in Sag Kanate. Um... You know, they've got experienced players on the side, Asa Ahmad. Um, Murray State's backcourt is really good. Uh, They've played well against the press this year. Uh, They shoot free throws well, and West Virginia definitely does foul a lot with the press they play. Um, But I just don't think they can defend the rim well enough to win. I think if you are going to beat West Virginia, you've got to be able to just cut off the rim and say, beat me by making threes. And I, I don't see Murray State as being that team. I would take Murray State in the points. Uh, nine and a half is the current spread, uh, but I like West Virginia to win this game. Wichita State Marshall. Uh, which is all. See this. Uh, this one's going to surprise people. I think this one's going to surprise people. Everyone knows I, I love Wichita State. I've been high on them all year, but their defense has not been good this year. I, which feels dirty to say, but it's true. Um, I think that, you know, they, they really struggle in two areas. Two areas that, as a Duke fan, I'm very familiar with. Transition defense and pick-and-roll defense. These are the two things that Wichita State has really struggled with all year. What's the two things that Dan D'Antoni does with his team? They run transition as fast as they possibly can, and... When they have to get in the half court, it's nonstop pick and roll. They're going to try and score within 15 seconds of the shot clock every single time. I, I'm not convinced that Wichita State uh, can stop that. They haven't really shown it this year. They're going to have to outscore Marshall, and all Marshall's done all year long is try to outscore teams. Um, I think John Elmore of Marshall is a stud. Um, <laughs> he's, I think he's the guy that when I was watching all the championship games, I was like – this Billy Eichner looking dude, you know what I mean? Like, But he he may look square, but, man, he can ball. It's a—it's possible that he might be the best player on the court between the two teams, even though I love Landry Shammott as well. I'm going to take Marshall plus 12 uh, in terms of gambling. I think that's a lock. And I'm going to take Marshall outright to beat Wichita State. I think people are going to advance Wichita State based on name alone, and I'm not convinced their defense is ready this year. Uh, let's go Florida. First of all, uh, I'm not following the current game. UCLA versus the Bonnies. Um I don't know what the score is. I can look it up. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but uh, let's let's assume that uh, Florida oh, – oh, so the Bonnies are up five at the half. It's just the half. Yeah. Um, so who do you think will win this game? Bonnie's up five at the half. Let's start there.
1: I was going to pick St. Bonaventure.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Um, i i'm gonna pick i'm gonna pick you uh ucla Uh, even though they're down five now that's what i wrote down so i'm gonna stick with it um i just think aaron holiday is the best player on the court um i think that they can you know shoot well in space uh and i think that ucla's backcourt can you know maybe frustrate uh st bonaventure's backcourt enough to get things done the Bonnie's are up five, but it is a low-scoring game. Uh, I think that ultimately benefits UCLA at the end of the day I, if they can get it going. Um, so I'll take UCLA. Florida versus the Bonnies. Who
1: do you have there? I, I would take Florida over them.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Florida over UCLA as well. Um, I, I just in a in a battle of Mike White versus Steve Alford in terms of coaching, I like Mike White. Um, Maybe if UCLA was one of those, like, teams that is really, really interior-oriented, big, bullying big men, Um, you know, if, like, Anik Bogu came back or something like that, uh, maybe then I would take uh, UCLA. But Florida, I like the way they've been playing. Uh, I like their experience in the backcourt versus the more inexperienced UCLA backcourt. Texas Tech versus Stephen F. Austin, a little in-state battle here. I would
1: take
0: Texas Tech. Yeah, Stephen F. Austin uh, is the best turnover-creating defense in basketball, and when the ball is not with Keenan Evans, Texas Tech is very turnover-prone. They do struggle with the pressure. Uh, That having been said, uh, Stephen F. Austin sort of struggles with the same thing, and Texas Tech just has better depth of talent. Uh, I'm going to take Texas Tech, but I'm going to take Stephen F. Austin plus 11 when I'm gambling. Uh, We've got... Arkansas Butler next.
1: I'll take Butler.
0: Yeah, Butler's got the best player and they shoot free throws a lot better. Uh Butler was a pick'em game when I looked last, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if by the time the game tips, Butler is the favorite in Vegas. I'm gonna take Butler. Purdue versus Cal State Fullerton. Purdue. Yeah. Um <laughs> But uh, Cal State Fullerton, I think, is lower, is lower in Ken Palm than some of the 16 seeds. Uh, and they've got no size at all. They can't defend Haas. I'm going to take Purdue uh, minus 20 and a half. So then we've got Villanova versus you've got Virginia Tech in the second round. I'll take Nova. Uh, I've got Nova Bama. Now, if it was Nova Bama, KB, who who would you take?
1: I would still take Nova. I wouldn't much rather see Nova Bama, but I would still say Nova.
0: Yeah, um, it's really tasty action. I think, you know, again, Villanova is very reliant on three-pointers. Alabama's going to chase Villanova off the three-point line. Um, so I think in that regard, Bama has a really great chance. I just can't trust Bama's offense enough to keep up. Um, Again, I think Villanova is going to be a popular pick to make the Sweet 16 if you're trying to differentiate yourself. If it's Bama, I would consider it. I think it's going to be a really close game. Um, It's just easier to trust Nova at this point than Bama. But then again, outside of one championship run, Jay Wright tends to lose in the second round. So who knows? It's a possibility. Uh, You've got West Virginia, Wichita State.
1: Oh, man. Uh, Man, that'll be a knockout drug fest. I would go with West Virginia. I'm I'm still not high on them, but playing Wichita, I I would still take the team that I felt better about for the most part of the season. That would still be West Virginia.
0: Sure. Uh, I've got West Virginia Marshall, another great in-state battle. Uh, It'll go really fast. Uh, Marshall's really good at free-throw shooting, so they could keep this interesting if they were to play West Virginia. Um, but ultimately, West Virginia's going to turn them over uh, way too much and clean up on the boards, win the shot volume battle in a big way. Uh, I'm very confident in West Virginia going to the Sweet 16 with this draw. Uh, we both have Florida-Texas Tech. Uh, Florida. Florida, okay. Why Florida over Texas Tech?
1: I just like them better. I haven't really been that big on uh, Texas Tech this season, and uh, I just think Florida just has more balance.
0: That's fair. I I think the one area in which uh, I don't trust Florida is on the interior. Uh, You know, Florida's not very good on the glass, and they're pretty jumper-reliant, which would do okay against Texas Tech's pack line. I, I just think Texas Tech will win the battle of the boards pretty easily. Uh, and, you know, they've they've been pretty good at defending perimeter players. I think in particular, Keenan Evans versus Chris Chioza, that Evans can handle Chioza. Once you've cut off the head of the snake, uh, then the rest of the snake dies. I like Texas Tech in this game. Butler versus Purdue. Uh,
1: I know oh, you're man. tempted. I know yeah, you're I'm, tempted. I'm, I'm I'm tempted, and I'm going to do it. Purdue, I, yeah, I, I just haven't been that high on them this season. I was a lot higher on them last season. Um, to be honest, um, just as a team. Maybe I was a year early on them. I'm not quite sure, but um, I should like them. They're two seed for a reason, but um, going up against Butler, um, I just think Butler would just have a little bit too much offensive versatility for them, and I don't really know if they have anybody that can guard Isaac Haas, but throw throw some bodies at them and just kind of hope everybody else uh, beat you. So, I would actually say Butler. Again, if I was being strategic about it, I would go buller.
0: Yeah, if you, if if one is going strategic, this is definitely a game that that's going to be right down to the wire. Another great in-state battle here. I I think Carson Edwards is better than Kamar Baldwin. Um so uh, and as you pointed out, they've got nobody as big as Isaac Haas. If Vince Edwards is still not playing well, then maybe this can get interesting. Obviously, Edwards versus Martin, especially the way Edwards has been playing, favors Martin. Um but ultimately, I just think Purdue has better depth of talent, a little more balance, uh, and, again, the the advantage they have on the interior I think is going to be too much for Butler. I'm going to go with Purdue. Uh, you've got Villanova versus West Virginia.
1: I would go Villanova. And there was one thing i say about Villanova. Um, they are reliant on the three-point shot, but you know what? They've actually been a lot better as a season has progressed. They've gotten a lot better at attacking the cup. Um, Mikel Bridges has impressed me uh, with his ability to create his own shot, especially going towards the basket. Um, they find ways for Janet Brunson to take advantage of mismatches on smaller guards with post-ups. Um, Dante DiVincenzo has always been really good attacking the basket. Um, and Amari Spellman has actually given him some interior scoring. Um, and he's really playing like the guy he was hyped up to be. I didn't really see it early on this season, but as the season right. has progressed, he's kind of got his legs on him. He's got in really good shape. Um, he's really giving them a presence in the middle. So um, I think they're a little more versatile offensive that I think people can credit for sometimes. Um, and, yeah, they would beat West Virginia.
0: I don't know. I like I like West Virginia here a little bit, and here's why. You know, West Virginia is basically like a better version of St. John's that Villanova struggled with this year, right? Maybe they don't have Shimori Pons. That's true. But the, the big one of the biggest reasons why Nova struggled with St. John's is because the backcourt of St. John's was all about pressuring the guards, trying to turn them over, turning it into a game of chaos. Villanova lives for that half court. Uh, they're obviously good in transition as well, but like, there's no better team in the half court set than Villanova. Villanova's better than all the rest of them because all five of them can shoot, all five of them can pass. I think West Virginia can do a really good job of preventing them from getting set and getting into a rhythm, creating a rhythm. Um, I think that if you can affect Jalen Brunson, then you have a good chance of affecting the team because uh, he's the guy at the end of the day. I forget what the game was. What was the game towards the end of the year? Maybe it was the Providence, not the most recent Providence game, but the one before where I thought Providence was going to win and then Brunson just like willed them back to life. He had had a terrible game. And then once he started playing well, Villanova started showing signs of life. Uh, I think Carter can can handle Brunson defensively and affect him enough uh, that it'll affect the rest of the team. I think Kanate is uh, diverse enough in terms of what he can do defensively that even if Spellman tries to stretch out, that he'll know what to do. Um, and, yeah, they just got experience. They got good They got good stuff there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, when you factor in the fact that, again, I think most people will have Villanova, that makes me like West Virginia all the more. Uh, and, you know, the final straw really is the fact that Villanova is still not a great rebounding team this year. Uh, West Virginia, one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. I think that they can win the shot volume battle. Um, and, yeah, there's just there's certain elements about Villanova that, that scare me once you introduce chaos into the mix. I would be scared by the fact that West Virginia fouls a lot and Villanova is a great foul-shooting team. And West Virginia does have a tendency to give up transition threes when people do break the press, and obviously Villanova is very capable of that. Um, so this is more maybe for my pool than anything else, but I, I do feel like West Virginia has certain advantages against Villanova that that other teams on that side of the bracket definitely would not. So I'm going to go West Virginia in mine. Uh, and then you've got Texas Tech Butler. No, you've got Florida Butler.
1: Oh, uh, man. Again, I no way in hell I could have anticipated <laughs> between Florida and Butler at this point. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and just go full retard and go Butler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, like, but I think both Florida and Butler are
0: teams that either can, like, lose in the first round or, or can make an Elite Eight run. Like, when they're clicking, they're both pretty well coached, they both have consistent effort, and they both got good point guards. Uh, So, you know, I can see them meeting in the Sweet 16 and making it interesting, uh, especially if one of them knocks off Purdue. I've got Texas Tech Purdue. Uh, Again, I like Purdue's guard and wing matchups against Texas Tech. Once again, I think Carson Edwards, uh, I think he's probably a little more talented than Keenan Evans. Um, You know, Texas Tech is also way more reliant on Evans than Purdue is on Edwards. I think that they can get a lot more scoring for a lot of uh, diverse uh, areas on the court. Texas Tech, not as much. Uh, So I'm going to take Purdue to the Elite Eight. I know they haven't been playing that well as of late, uh, but it's it's just really hard for me to not get behind their potential, Uh, especially that Carson Edwards, Vince Edwards, Isaac Haas, threesome uh, is just uh, really impressive to me in terms of what they can do once they get going. Uh, so I like Purdue there. Uh, you've got Villanova-Butler. you got a little Big East uh, battle here, uh, KB. KB.
1: Yeah, I've already. Uh, uh, I just realized I already have Creighton beating Virginia. I have Xavier going to the final Ooh, four. the and little Big Xavier. East bias, big East 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 bias Xavier showing. You even said at the start of the show you were like, final. "I did, I did," and it just hit me that this is this is all wrong. Um, so <laughs> I completely messed this up. But uh, yeah.
0: Hey, but you know what? You watch I, I try, the Big East more than oh, yeah. most people
1: because it's on because hey, it's not on ESPN. So you're you, right. You, you got to represent
0: right. for the Big East right. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's no shame yeah. in
1: it. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense though when you look at it, but um, because <laughs> it's not gonna happen. But if Virginia were to play Butler, and I say Virginia, Villanova, Villanova were to play Butler, yeah. I would pick Villanova.
0: Yeah, I'd pick Nova there too. Even though again, Butler's shown that they can fight him a little bit. You know, I, I don't think Butler going to the Elite Eight is that insane. I think if they get past Purdue, I like their chances against both a Florida and a Texas Tech. You know, so I, I don't think it's as far fetched as you think it is. It, it's definitely improbable, um, but definitely not impossible by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I've got West Virginia, Purdue. Um, you know, and, and again, I think if you're inclined to take Villanova into the Final Four uh, and you have Villanova versus Purdue, I think Villanova would handle Purdue. I, I wouldn't really think twice about that matchup. Um, so, again, if you're somebody who wants to go Villanova over West Virginia, I think advancing Villanova to the Final Four makes sense. Uh, and, again, they might be a little undervalued compared to what their likelihood of winning it all is, um, although that might not be the case anymore now that Hunter's injured. Um, with West Virginia, I think the game would be pretty close, but I think Sag Kanate can defend Isaac Haas one-on-one. I don't think they would need to double. Uh, I think Javon Carter can defend Carson Edwards uh, one-on-one. And, again, if you can neutralize the two of them for Purdue, then you're going to give yourself a really good chance. I think you can probably turn Purdue over, make them a little too reliant on feeding it into Haas if they're if they're scared of the, uh, of, of the perimeter defense of West Virginia. Um, West Virginia does give up some threes and Purdue makes their threes really well Uh, I I just really like West Virginia as a value pick in the final four for a team that plays defense the way they do, offensive rebounding the way they do, senior point guard, elite defender on the interior I I just think West Virginia is a great value pick here, I'm going to take West Virginia in my final four and then Midwest region Uh, Kansas versus Penn, do you have a 116 KB?
1: Uh, no, I don't, but um, if there was one one sixteen matchup in this tournament, I would be tempted by it would be this one. Uh, but I'm still going to pick Kansas.
0: Yeah, here's, you know, and I've had a couple of people ask me, like, why are they talking about it so much? It's not going to happen. Like, yeah, it's almost certainly not going to happen. But first of all, let's point out that Ken Palm, I think, has Kansas as an 89% favorite when normally – The 116 teams are all 94 to 95%. So, like, this is more along the lines of what you'd expect from, like, a 314 game. You know what I mean? Like, Penn is more like a 14, and Kansas is probably, frankly, the way they've been playing, maybe a bit more like a low two. So I, I, I think that there's good value there. Um, I'm mm-hmm. certainly picking Penn to cover, plus 15. The other thing is just the, the matchup at hand. Because what does Kansas want to do? Kansas wants to run in transition, and they want to shoot a lot of threes. What are Penn's two best features? They control the tempo in slow games to an absolute crawl, and they are one of the best teams in the country at defending the three-point line. So in terms of forgetting the fact that it's a 116 just that the matchup alone if it was Kansas Penn say in like the Maui Invitational the beginning of the season I'd be tempted to make this an onions play a bloom and onions play because of the matchup specifically now Kansas has way more athleticism and obviously the size on the inside especially with how Silvio dsouza has been playing uh, deSouza has been playing um it's Hard for me to realistically pick Kansas over Penn, but it's definitely something that uh, if you enjoy a good gamble, you could do a lot worse. The fact that the 116 game has a 15-point spread, only a 15-point spread, is insane to me. So Kansas got a little job here. I'm going to pick Kansas to win regardless. Uh, Seton Hall versus... Who are they playing? Where's NC they?
1: State.
0: NC State.
1: Who do you have for this one? Um, Seton Hall was disappointing to me this season. I actually recall me saying that I think they were the best team in the Big East when season started. I thought they were going to finish as the number one team in the conference. Didn't happen. Um, They made the tournament, but again, Kevin Willard couldn't have been too happy considering everything they had coming back and everything they're going to be losing going into the next season. Um, And NC State was probably the exact opposite. Um, Very surprising to see them make the tournament in Kevin Key's first season. Um, I think he's a star on the rise in the coaching ranks. Um, I think they're going to kind of keep this good mojo going. I think they'll beat uh, Seton Hall.
0: So all the reasons you said are exactly the reason why I'm picking Seton Hall. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Mostly because, um, look, you and I both got burned on Seton Hall this year. I was high on Seton Hall. I had Seton Hall above Xavier. You know, um I thought they'd be shooting the ball a little better. Uh, and they have shoot the, shot the ball a little better, just not as much as they needed to. Uh, defensively, I just, I just don't think they were as strong as uh, they needed to be. But if there are two things that NC State this season has been really, really bad at, it's defending uh, two-point attempts, which is like all Seton Hall does and preventing teams from getting offensive rebounds. And Seton Hall is one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. It wouldn't surprise me if Seton Hall in this game took like 15 to 20 more shots than NC State does. Uh, So I'm going to take Seton Hall in the points here, minus two. Uh, And plus, like you said, I think Seton Hall people are going to view as a disappointment and they're going to view NC State as being like a, a big success story that people can get behind. Whenever you've got something like that in the bracket pools, I tend to fade the success story and go with the team as long as it's not like they've been cripplingly bad. And they've still got some good wins under their belt. They just they, they let some of them get away. I, I just think the matchup is terrible for NC State. Uh, Clemson, New Mexico State.
1: Uh, New Mexico State, I'm going to pencil them and go into the Sweet 16 off the break. Um, this is a team that early on in the season I saw them beat Miami. And when I saw them win that game – I said, this is a team that's going to go to the tournament, and this is a team that's going to win a couple games. And nothing's changed. They won 28 games a season for a reason. They're tremendous defensively. They have a guard in Zach Lofton that can win a game by himself. Um, a real defensive stopper, the real, you know, the, the guy on the team that you, you count for, for that tough rebound at the end of the game is Jamario Jones, another guy I was really impressed by. Um, yeah, this is a good team, and they, they know they're good. That's the thing about it. Um, so I got them beating Clemson.
0: Yeah, uh, I've got them beating Clemson, too. This is another popular one, um, but I think it's popular for a reason. Clemson has not looked the same since Grantham went out. Um, and New Mexico State's guards are big. They're big and athletic. They're, they're both like 6'5". Uh, I, I think they're big enough to stop uh, Marquise Reed and Gabe DeVoe pretty capably, Sheldon Mitchell. Um, and they play just great pick-and-roll defense. All Clemson does is run pick-and-roll uh, I really like New Mexico State plus five, and I like them to to win outright. Uh, Auburn versus Charleston.
1: Auburn.
0: Yeah, uh, I think College of Charleston has a real good backcourt. I really liked what I saw from them in their uh, in their tournament play. Uh, but Auburn, I'm going to pick Auburn to lose to a team that's got strong athletic front court play. I think Auburn's backcourt can hang with most of the backcourts in the country. Um so I'm going to take Auburn minus 10 and a half here. Um TC, first of all, Arizona State versus Syracuse
1: KB. Arizona State, by the way. But
0: you're not taking Syracuse?
1: No, <laughs> Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I
0: am shocked. Um I was I was surprised to see uh so I wrote down where did I write this down? I wrote down a good stat about um Syracuse this year. Um can you name for me? Here's a here's a little trivia for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh shit, where is it? Um, All right, I gotta find my trivia. I'm gonna come back to it. Um, I wanted you to name for me the teams that you think in the country are the worst teams against the zone. There are five. Uh, let's let's put it this way. There are. Uh, there are. Five uh, non-mid-major teams that are among the Mm -hmm. ten worst teams at zone offense in the NCAA tournament. Can you name any of them? Oh, there are four. Sorry. Four non-mid-majors. Who do you think would be worst against the zone? And spoiler alert, the reason why I bring this up, Syracuse is number two. Syracuse has one of the worst zone offenses in the country. They can't shoot.
1: Uh, I would say Texas, uh, I would say Florida state, I would say, blah, 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 blah. now are these teams in the tournament or does... these are all
0: teams in the tournament. Yes.
1: Okay. I was about to say, what the hell? i a pit, of course. They got, they got to be somewhere there. <laughs> um, no, it just, just just power teams. five teams. Okay, All right. good God, yeah. Pitt can't um, do anything. I would say, I would say Providence, and uh, how many more guesses do I get?
0: Uh, take another guess.
1: Take another guess. I would say,
0: I thought you almost said one a second ago. Uh,
1: i would say did i say san diego state
0: you did not say san diego state they're a mid-major i'm not i'm not counting san diego state
1: okay uh i would say begins I with say an seton, s, s. see no
0: yeah seton hall is one of them seton hall is the ninth worst zone offense uh the 10th worst is cincinnati okay uh okay. and the worst zone offense this actually surprised me a little bit miami Miami hmm. has the worst zone offense out of all of the teams, including the mid-majors, in the NCAA tournament. Fun fact. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I'm going to take Arizona State. <laughs> that, right. was a, that was a long way around it, but, uh, <laughs> but we got there. Um, and then, uh, so we've both got TCU versus Arizona State. Who are you going to take here?
1: Uh, I would go actually Arizona State in that game. I don't like TCU.
0: Yeah, I think TCU struggles to defend the perimeter, and Arizona State, that's just all they want to do is uh, is perimeter play. So I'm going to take Arizona State as well. Uh, Michigan State versus Bucknell.
1: I would go Spartans.
0: Yeah, uh... Really bad draw for Bucknell, uh, another team not unlike Montana, where they're, they're pretty highly favored in Ken Palm for a 14 seed, if I recall correctly. But all they do is work the ball inside on offense. And, like, the best thing Michigan State does is defend the interior. So, yeah, Michigan State, uh, minus 13 and a half. Rhode Island versus Oklahoma. Great matchup here.
1: Great matchup. Rhode Island is better than them. Um, I think they just have more weapons. I'll go Rhode Island. They just a better basketball team.
0: They are, they are, um, and and so this is the this is the point where I where I admit that I, this is probably some wishful thinking on my point, you know, um, but again, a month ago, would we have said that Rhode Island was definitively a better team than Oklahoma? No, right, not definitively, no. Yeah, it would have been would have been a been been debate. A, it would have been a debate, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, I, I think it's not – Oklahoma's a bad matchup for Rhode Island, I think. Um, Rhode Island, uh, they foul a lot. Trey Young draws fouls better than, like, any other player in the country, basically. Um, you know, I think that URI definitely as a team, they want to turn – you over and Oklahoma for the most part has done okay in that regard in holding that together um, and I think again you beat URI with a balanced attack of passing you play inside out they're not a team that's overly reliant on the interior where Rhode Island is, is going to do a pretty good job of, of mashing you up um, so I like Oklahoma plus one here I'm, I'm, again, trying to get away from the fact that Rhode Island is going to be a, a very popular pick because Oklahoma closed the season pretty poorly. But Oklahoma was also playing just a nonstop murderer's row of good teams during that stretch as well. Rhode Island is also a good team. In the coin flip game, Oklahoma's the point underdog. It'll probably be more like two points by the time the game opens. I'm going to take Oklahoma here. Plus... I mean, let's be honest also, KB. The referees, they know what the people want. The people are going to want Duke versus Trey Young.
1: Yeah, they're going to want that. Yeah.
0: They're going to want it. So if it comes down to, like, will there be a dodgy foul call or whatever, I feel like that dodgy foul call is more likely to favor Oklahoma than Rhode Island for exactly that reason. That's why I yeah, knew man. Oklahoma wasn't going to miss the tournament either. They're not going to leave Trey Young out of the tournament.
1: Nah, not at all. Not at no all. No
0: chance. That's why they gave him a 10 seed. They weren't going to mess around and put him as as an 11 or in the play-in game. Are you kidding me? They want to give him a good chance to move to that second round. Uh, Duke, Iona.
1: Duke. Duke is Duke.
0: Yeah, now I will say, Iona has a top five zone offense. So this game is probably not going to be the cakewalk that Duke wants it to be. I hate to say it uh, as a Duke fan. Um, Probably my least favorite of the 15s i would have rather had literally any other 15 seed than iona um they're gonna try and go small they're gonna try and speed duke up they're gonna try and turn duke over and duke's been a little turnover prone lately Uh, unfortunately iona just has nobody over like six eight that they play and so all duke has to do is grab rebounds put backs put back put back rebound rebound and keep Iona as close to, like, 70 to 75 points as possible. I think Iona averages, like, 80 for the season. Um, I like Iona plus 19 and a half by the spread. I'm going to take Iona to cover, but I'm going to take Duke to win. Uh, Kansas versus Seton Hall.
1: Kansas. I actually think I had NC State. Man, I oh, yeah, Kansas, yeah, yeah, okay, Kansas, NC yeah. State. Kansas, regardless, Kansas.
0: All right, you know, and, and here's where maybe it's the beginning of the season that's playing into me. I don't know what it is. It's also the fact that I just I don't think Kansas is one seed value on the one seed line, but the public is going to love Kansas. Give me Seton Hall here, honestly. I think Seton Hall's got a pretty good shot. They defend the perimeter really well, and Kansas is very reliant on three-point shooting. Seton Hall rebounds the ball as well as any team in the country. Kansas, out of, like, I think all the top three, three-seed teams in the in the, in the the tournament, they're one of the worst defen- uh, rebounding teams. Um, so, I mean, those two things alone, I think Seton Hall, again, can put up more shots than Kansas can. And even though Seton Hall is not a very good shooting team, <laughs> as we've established, if you can take 15 more shots than the other team, it doesn't matter whether you're missing seven of them. You know what I mean? Eight of them, nine of them. It doesn't really matter. You're getting six more baskets than the other guys. So... I just like the value here of Seton Hall. I I suspect that if Kansas was going to win, I would advance them to the Elite Eight pretty automatically anyway. But I've already decided that my Final Four team is coming from the bottom part of the bracket one way or another. So I don't really care whether I pick a couple of Cavalier upsets uh, in the first couple of rounds here. So I'm going to take Seton Hall. Um, And plus, you know, I, I just think... Bill Self, if I've got to trust him in a game where it's a bad matchup, he's not a guy that's very consistently trustable in the tournament. He's got to prove it. I know that can change on a dime, change for Jay Wright. Bill Self does have a title. But at the end of the day, those questions remain until you can do it consistently. Um, So I'm going to go with Seton Hall here. We
1: both have New Mexico State-Auburn. New Mexico State. I'm just going to go ahead and pencil them into the Sweet 16.
0: Yeah, I I think that's a great toss-up game. Uh, it's a great coin flip. I wonder what the I wonder what the spread would be. I'd probably take New Mexico State in the points, whatever the spread is. Um, but again, I think Auburn you beat on the interior uh, with big front court players. Uh, New Mexico State their their strength is more along the wing, and I think Auburn can hang with that. I'm gonna go with Auburn to advance. Uh, Arizona State, Michigan
1: State. I would go Michigan State.
0: Yeah, uh, I just don't think Arizona State has the personnel for the bigs, for Jackson, for Ward. I'm going to go Michigan State as well. Uh, You've got Rhode Island versus Duke.
1: Now, this is actually the game I want to see. I know you're saying that. I mean, it's it's, the the better game. Rhode Island-Duke is the
0: better matchup because Rhode Island is scary for Duke in a couple of ways.
1: Right. So, this is the game I actually want to see. But ultimately, I don't think they have enough to deal with Wendell Carter and Marvin Bagley. That's why I would take Duke.
0: Yeah, but I, I think if Rhode Island plays Duke, again, you obviously take Rhode Island to cover. Uh, they're going to turn Duke over a lot. Uh, it, it'd probably be similar to, like, what happened in the St. John's game for Duke where, you know, ultimately, if they're going to lose the game, it's because they turn the ball over 18 to 21 times, uh, which against Rhode Island is definitely not impossible. Um I like Duke's rebounding over Rhode Island's. Uh, you know, I like Duke's talent over Rhode Island's. Uh, but Rhode Island's also pretty good at, at making teams try to beat you by shooting the ball. Oklahoma is very good at shooting the ball. Uh, Duke has been more inconsistent at it. So that'd definitely be the closer matchup. I've got Oklahoma. Oklahoma has, um, strangely, uh, one of the worst zone offenses in the tournament. I think they're around, like, 15. Or no, wait, they're the fifth worst. Oklahoma is in that mix, which, again, would surprise you because Oklahoma can shoot from the outside, but they don't move the ball well on the uh, inside of a zone. They've not done well against it this year. I think Duke would roll against Oklahoma. Plus, uh, Trey Young would have to deal with Trayvon Duvall's length up at the top of that zone. Trayvon Duvall would be happy to extend to 35, 38 feet. He's he's happy to just play that matchup against an NBA-caliber player and sort of try to lift his stock up some. Um, so, yeah, I've got Duke. Uh, you've got Kansas, New Mexico State.
1: Um, Again, very tempted to take Kansas State in that game. I mean, uh, New Mexico State in that game. Um, I would actually go I – would, I would take Kansas, but – Again, that's one of those matchups. If you if you're looking for a twelve that could potentially make it to the Elite Eight, Mexico State would easily be my pick. And I actually very tempted to take him in this game, but I'm going to advance Kansas. So you're putting
0: Kansas missing out on a great chance to put it in the bracket, yeah. K B. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Uh I've got Seaton Hall versus Auburn. Um I think Auburn could uh, Auburn plays some zone. Um, They play sort of an extended matchup zone. Uh, I think uh, Delgado would definitely present issues for Auburn on the inside. Um, But ultimately, I think Auburn defensively can do a lot more against Seton Hall than Kansas could, certainly than NC State could. I like Auburn to advance in this game. And then uh, Michigan
1: State-Duke, round two. I would go Duke. Michigan State isn't Final Four good this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people advancing Michigan State. I I just don't know if they realize that Kay has beaten Izzo like seven out of eight times. It might be eight out of nine at this point. Like, also, when Duke beat Michigan State earlier this season, they played mostly zone, that's true. They didn't have Marvin Bagley in the game for the majority of the game, and they still beat Michigan State on a neutral court. So we've seen the tape. You know what I mean? I, I think they can get Jackson in foul trouble, and once Jackson is in foul trouble, the rest of that defense uh, is not as stout without him there. Obviously, Bridges would give us um, some trouble, uh, but then again, Bridges, when he faced the zone in the second half of that Michigan State-Duke game earlier this season, he became very stagnant and just chucked up shots. Um, I think Jackson Jr. is better at, in the in the gap of the zone than Bridges would be, Um and and i I've, I've said all year if you can keep Wing- winston and langford human if you can keep them so that they're just guys and not guys that are putting up 15 points or 8 assists or whatever um which i think Mich- uh, which i think duke is capable of doing um look i don't even know why i'm giving all this analysis it's k versus izzo i'm i'm going to pick k uh, so you've got kansas versus duke a 91 rematch
1: i will go duke
0: yeah, uh, I, I I would also like Duke in that matchup if that happened. Uh, weirdly, I think Rhode Island is like the scariest team in the entire Midwest bracket for Duke. Um, I, I've got Duke Auburn, as I said earlier. Uh, Auburn gets beat with athletic front court guys. I mean that, Duke is just a nightmare matchup for Auburn. Um, they could shoot the ball pretty well against the zone and move it pretty well against the zone. But ultimately, they've just got nothing on the inside for Bagley and Carter. I like Duke to advance. Um, If you're somebody that picked Rhode Island to beat Duke, for those of you who think that I just have shameless bias, if I had Rhode Island against Michigan State, uh, I honestly don't mind taking Rhode Island maybe even to the Elite Eight in that scenario. I I think if if you're upsetting Duke then you should also upset Michigan State, upset Kansas, send send a wild card in, in my opinion, right? Like, I, I think that Duke is the best value here. Kansas, Michigan State are overvalued in terms of how many people are picking them. Duke a little undervalued, but maybe, maybe take an Auburn. Maybe take a, I mean, take a Rhode Island. Why not? You know, Dan Hurley. Prep him up for that Connecticut job, right? Um... But yeah, this could be the chaos bracket in a big way. I, I would I would not go public chalk here, uh, which feels weird picking Duke. But Duke is is what it is. Um, so you've got as your final four, KB. You've got Tennessee. You've got Xavier. You've got Villanova. You've got Duke. We're gonna start with Tennessee versus Xavier. Who do you have there?
1: I would go Tennessee.
0: Tennessee over?s It Z- now is this just. Counteracting the Big East bias, yeah,
1: it it is. At some point, it's got to stop. At some point, so
0: <laughs> Tennessee's got great balance, um, and Xavier does not have, you know, a, a huge big man inside uh, that sort of tends to be Tennessee's Achilles' heel. Um, so I, I like that if that ends up being the match. I've got in mind Gonzaga versus what's my other team? I think I sent Cincinnati. Um, I've got Cincinnati versus Gonzaga. Frankly, as weird as I feel saying it, I I like the Zags again. I like the Zags to get back to the championship game. I wouldn't have said that early in the season. I wouldn't have even said it as recently as a few weeks ago. I really like the bracket that they're coming out of, not to mention it's going to be on the West Coast, uh, so their odds of getting to the Final Four are pretty good. I really like if UVA plays Gonzaga um, without DeAndre Hunter. I, I like Gonzaga in that matchup as well. And when it comes to Cincinnati versus Gonzaga, yeah, Cincinnati's got some some bigs down there. But Killian Tilly is is bigger. You know, Hachimura is, is huge. You know, um, they got the other guy whose name I, I don't even remember. They've just got a bevy of options there. And they shoot the ball really well. They can put up points a lot faster, I think, than Cincinnati can. Um, so I like Gonzaga to emerge from that side of the bracket. Uh, and all my friends are screaming West Coast bias. But, you know fuck it it is what it is i mean gonzaga's good they're like a 3 seed value at a 4 seed uh and then you've got villanova duke uh on the right side of the bracket who do you have here
1: yeah spoiler i got villanova in the whole thing so i'm just going to advance some past duke villanova yeah villanova's got
0: the best zone offense in the tournament which will come as no surprise to absolutely anybody um yeah that'd be a that'd be a nightmare game for duke i think um I think Duke's best chance would be to just catch Villanova on one of their off-shooting nights, which which can happen, especially if we extend that zone. Um, but, yeah, they've just got so many people they can put at that gap in the zone and they move the ball so well. That, that would be really, really tough if that ends up being the matchup. Uh, so, again, maybe me not having Villanova is a little wishful thinking on my part. Noted, right? Um, I've got West Virginia-Duke, also a really bad matchup for Duke. Uh, in a lot of ways. Again, they're going to turn Duke over a lot. They can compete down low for rebounds with Duke. Um, I think ultimately it comes down to who do you trust making threes more? Do you trust Carter, Miles, and Ahmad? Do you trust uh, Allen, Trent, Bagley, Carter? Uh, Again, maybe this is bias. I think the numbers would reflect it. I like Duke uh, in that scale um, so I would pick Duke over West Virginia, uh, but West Virginia could very, very easily win that game. That's a, that's a coin flip of a game. And it helps that even though West Virginia uh, fouls a lot, Duke is not a great free-throw shooting team. They're getting a lot better. Um, they're not awful, but they're about at 73%. Uh, West Virginia, I think, is a little better at free-throw shooting than them. So again, in a close game, they've, they've got some things going for them, not to mention the senior point guard. Uh, but I'm going to go with Duke. Uh, let's see. So you've got Villanova over Tennessee. I think that's a pretty safe bet there. Yep. Um, yeah, so I detailed a couple of possibilities here. I think if it's Duke-Gonzaga, I think that's a outstanding matchup, really nicely balanced. Um, ultimately, again, I would like Duke in that matchup. Uh, I think if you have Virginia advancing and not Gonzaga um, – I think Virginia versus Duke, I would take Duke. Um, if you have Villanova getting to the final four, I would have Villanova beating anybody from the Midwest, beating Kansas, beating Duke, beating Michigan State. If Villanova played Virginia, I like Villanova to win that game. Uh, and if Villanova played Gonzaga, I hadn't even thought about that one, but now I'm just like putting it in my head. Oh boy, that would be a really good one. Who I think if I think if you're Gonzaga, you're hoping for either a chaos candidate or if you're going to get a favorite from that side of the bracket, you're hoping for Villanova. Um, I think Gonzaga matches up; uh, they would have a good advantage on the interior with Villanova, and they've got some good uh, perimeter defenders. Um, I would probably pick Gonzaga in that matchup just to keep it interesting. Um, But again, as we had established, a lot of what you want to do when you're picking your pool is pick it strategically. I'm not convinced necessarily that West Virginia and Gonzaga will be there, but they will definitely be in the Final Four in my pool because I think they are great value that other people will not have. Because ultimately, if you pick Villanova, Virginia, UNC, and Michigan State, you're going to have the same Final Four as your mom, your grandma, your cousin. You're going to have the same as all of them. You've got to differentiate yourself somehow. You got to gamble a little bit. So hope that one of those favorites takes a fall and you're the person left standing. I think that's the I think that's the best strategy. Um, there it is. There's a full bracket breakdown. KB, I've got one more trivia question for you here. You ready sure. for this?
1: Sure.
0: Yep. All right. I I guess this is a two parter. Can you name three NBA players, past or present, that came from colleges that are 15 seeds in this year's tournament? 15 seeds. So that's Lipscomb, that is Cal State Fullerton, that is Iona, and that is Georgia State. Can you name three?
1: Uh, it would be Ron Hunter Jr. There's uh, one. Uh, Cedric Sabalos. There's two. Jeff Rulin. Yes, he absolutely, he's on the, I thought you were going to go Bruce Bowen
0: from Cal State Fullerton, but, uh, but yes, right. that's a good one as well. Nicely done. Follow up, there is a Hall of Fame basketball player that played for a 16 seed in this year's tournament. Can you name the player?
1: A Hall of Fame player that played for a 16 seed? That played
0: for one of the programs that is a 16 seed in this year's tournament.
1: Um... Blah, 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 blah. blah. I'm sure it's somebody from NC Central. You are correct. And it would be... See, I always get those guys confused. It's not Earl Monroe.
0: Not Earl Monroe. Famous Celtic. Sam Jones? It is Sam Jones. Nice pull. Well done. Very good. There's some good redemption for the uh for the mascot uh <laughs> for the mascot. Yeah. One. Yeah.
1: I fe- I actually felt bad about that the other day too. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you're slipping. Dude, you, you got to be better than that, man. It, it
0: it did also hurt that a lot of the more common ones that we talk about every year were later. You know, we def- we got some weird ones. Like I said, I wouldn't have gotten more than half of them. So yeah. I, I didn't I didn't I wasn't gonna knock you that hard for that one. But I'm pretty impressed with uh with that right there. That's a good pull. That's some nice pulls there. Appreciate that. Um great. Bracket breakdown, done, completed. Uh KB, where can the good people find you?
1: Uh find me on the Five Starter Podcast, comes out Thursday mornings, where we listen to podcasts, go just go and search for hot Five Starter podcast. it should come up and you can also follow me on Twitter at KBAD. that's K B A D D S.
0: I'm Russell H. Film on Twitter, but if you've got college basketball questions, if you want bracket advice, if you want to berate my bracket for not having a one seed in the final four, uh, then please tweet, at seconds, the number two madness. Uh, I'm happy to answer any questions or try to back up uh, you know, some of the things that I've been talking about here. Um, you know and, and just dole out some general advice I've seen most of these mid majors at least once so I feel like I can give some some halfway decent advice on on your upset picks um yeah iTunes stitcher radio Google play seconds to madness that's where you can find us please leave us an iTunes review if you're a new listener uh, we really appreciate it obviously uh, if you win some uh, <laughs> some money at the old bracket game and it's because you listen to your boys on uh, 2.1 seconds of madness <laughs> Maybe buy some merch. I'm uh, I'm going to come up with some yeah. nice merch. We're going to put it mm-hmm. on the website. Uh we're going to make it happen. Um so be on the lookout for that. That's coming. Um final thoughts. Uh KB, I know you had mentioned uh you think Brandon Knight is a good pick for uh for Pitt if uh, if mm-hmm. you're going to look for a coach there. Who uh, who would you look for if you're the Connecticut uh if you're the Connecticut GM, the AD? Um, Obviously, everyone's talking well, about Dan Hurley. Let's let's assume well, Dan Hurley yeah. says no. Assume Dan Hurley says no.
1: Well, what I heard um, was potentially uh, Jim Calhoun coming back. I heard that
0: rumor as well.
1: One year or two years until they can uh, bring in a coach and wait. The only thing about that, though, is he would have a lot to do with who – is that coaching waiting, and do they want to continue down this road or where it has to be somebody in the UConn family? Right. Because then, cause then they start throwing out names like Scott Burrell, for example. Like, Would he then be the coaching waiting? But then do you kind of marry yourself to this thing where it always has to be someone that came from the Calhoun lineage? Um, you know, I see the pros and cons of that because somebody that's in the Calhoun lineage, he understands the university, understands the expectations, can navigate that a little bit, but... At the same time, you could have said the same thing about Kevin Ollie, and it didn't work there. Um, I don't know if their issues are so much that it was a thing of they had the talent it's just that Kevin Ollie couldn't coach it correctly or is the conference affiliation going to be a drain on the program as a whole? Right. And again, I see both sides of that as well. Um, So, you know, they're in this real weird situation. Like, I don't really know what to think about their job. Like, I don't know if it still has – cache cachet to where they can actually go and poach a coach, like poach a coach of a top twenty-five program. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I like mean, is like right. right now
1: is the UConn job? Is it better than Houston, for example? Because I'm thinking about someone like Calvin Sampson. Sure, like, I don't know if they would go down that road, but yeah, especially with like his somebody sort of that's checkered through, past. Considering yeah, with the his past past, they've had right, right, yeah, 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 right. But even somebody like him that's that's you know coach at a power five conference. Um, Coach at a, I mean a blue blood. Sure. Um, I mean a, a name, like,
0: a name that I would totally toss out there. Tom Crean.
1: Tom Crean, yeah. Again, not
0: I, not not the sexiest, highest upside pick, but like look at. Look at what they're going to have. Everybody that's on that team that's any good is going to go pro. they got no recruits coming in. They've got potential NCAA violations weighing over the head. Like, who's going to take that job? Like, beggars right. can't be choosers at the end of the day. If I'm Dan Hurley, I'm not convinced that I want the UConn job at this point.
1: Yeah. I'm, you
0: know what I'm, I mean? Yeah. Like, like, he's going to sure. bring back some decent pieces at Rhode Island. He can, he can bide his time. He can mm-hmm. wait and see what the NCAA is going to do.
1: And that's the thing, like, it's not what we once thought of the Yukon job. Like the Yukon right. job five years ago, like, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like Dan Hurley is on the first thing smoking. Right. Be the head coach at Yukon. But it you know, it's it's changed a lot. So I don't know what to think about that job. I really don't, man.
0: And I think also it's time that people be honest about the Kevin Ollie Yukon championship run. Like that team that won the title was not great that season they weren't very good in fact if i recall correctly they were a lower seed they were like what like a like a seven something a like s- this
1: i think they were a six day if I'm not yeah mistaken. Well, six seven, some, a seven yeah day.
0: something like this it, it was not a very good team i think it was considered sort of a an underachiever right um and then they got hot which is what can happen and that heat kept Ali's job for several years but i mean you have to wonder if they had lost say if uh oh, what's his name, if George Nyang doesn't break his foot for Iowa State and they get knocked out in, like, the second round, right, then we would have had this same conversation a year or two ago probably. You know what I mean? Like, they want their basketball the way it is. They want to be winning, but, like, it's, it's just come so far. It's, it's not too dissimilar, even though UConn fans will kill me for saying so, not too dissimilar from the conversation that Pitt's probably having right now. Where Pitt used to be really good at basketball, or they used to be consistent, you know what I mean? And now mm-hmm. they've just, the cupboard is bare. So then what do you do when a coach has no one? <laughs> like, like you've, you've got to hope then that you can offer them a huge, long contract, which is going to be a detriment to the university if it doesn't pan out. But that's the only way you're going to get that coach. So I kind of like going for a safer pick. The Calhoun thing is not the worst idea in the world, I suppose. Uh, But someone like Crean, I think, uh, is a pretty good, uh, you know, idea. Um, Eric Musselman in Nevada, um, you know, is somebody who at least, he's big on the transfer market and he's a very good coach. He could probably, like, get some transfers going, turn some things around pretty quickly. Uh, You know, John Becker at Vermont. Vermont is is perennially, you know, uh, at the top of the American East. Um, I think that that's, you know, someone who would be willing to come. Um, but obviously they're going to start by kicking the tires on people that aren't going to come. They're going to kick the tires on Chris Mack. You know, they're going to kick the tires probably on, like, Greg Marshall. They're going to kick the tires on the big names, and I think they're going to learn. Another name that I think I saw tossed out there that would be a pretty good idea, Steve Paikel from Rutgers. Could do a lot mm-hmm. worse. I I really yeah, like what I saw lot of worse. them. Yeah, yeah, and he'd probably come. Sure. So. Yeah. So, anyway, I wanted to pick your brain about that. See, there you go. You got some bonus coaching talk in there, listeners, as well. Okay? So, uh, thank you to everybody listening. Again, it's always our biggest episode every year. Really, really appreciate it. And, KB, as always, thank you for taking the time breaking down the bracket with me.
1: No problem, bro. All
0: right. So, we will potentially do an episode in the middle of the tournament to sort of talk about what we've seen, talk about how we might adjust our brackets going forward, what you can expect. Um, But until then... 4K Bad. This is Russell Hainline and you have been listening to 2.1 seconds to madness. Good night.
1: You know my days. Let them know through your ding dong. Keep it live. Till the beach.